This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You don't got to give me the exact number like ready, but you can list off some quarterbacks. Is he top five right now? Folks if, like a nice round number. If Mahomes get four or five Super Bowls, he going to be the greatest of all look, time. Look, Attaboy. if Ifs was fifth, we all be drunk. That's not what I'm asking right now. <laughs> but, Shannon, you're not going to force me to give an answer I don't want to give. I get, I said what I said. Harry, based on your answer, now Shannon's fines are back up to $70. Trying to force <laughs> you to say something you didn't want to say. He dropped down to 60 because we went past the time limit that we had, but now he's trying to enforce Marshall <laughs> Shannon law. All right, Harry, the next team on the list, rinse or repeat, the Jacksonville Jaguars. What say you, Harry? Why well, sound like you got an attitude with me? No, I'm just you saying. You better lose that look, attitude. I look. And welcome to the Breast Show on your radio. It is the flow home known as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Pause. Pause. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Suits X to Channel 80. Don't forget about us or tune in and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Sometimes you have too much fun, but not in this program when it comes to all of us either in front of the microphone or behind the microphone. But it's not going to be a fun situation with the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. They may be without two of their best players. We know that Chris Jones is not going to play, having contact with Stu. But what about Travis Kelsey? Hybrick's in a knee injury on Tuesday. Is he going to play tonight on Thursday as they open up versus the Detroit Lions? Let's bring in Nate Taylor, a great on social media by Nate Taylor. He's the Athletic Chiefs reporter. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about the latest on Travis Kelsey here on Freddie and Harry. Okay, what is the latest, Nate? What have you heard about Travis Kelsey, his availability or non-availability tonight versus Detroit? Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. I really appreciate it. Travis Kelsey is out. He will not play tonight against the Detroit Lions which I believe was pretty much the case ever since we found out that he hyperextended his knee towards the end of Tuesday's practice, right? The last practice before, obviously, tonight's game. It's really unfortunate just because Travis Kelsey has always been the security blanket for Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, the two of them are excellent when they start to improvise, uh, when Mahomes starts to extend the play. So, for the Chiefs, yeah, they have three superstar players, in my opinion, with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and obviously Chris Jones, and kind of similar to the Super Bowl that we watched seven months ago, Patrick Mahomes yet, yet again is in another adverse situation because he will be without two of his best teammates on the team, obviously, to start this season. And I think one of the positives to Travis Kelsey being out and this game is actually being played on a Thursday, right? So that gives them a little extra time going into week two. But do you have a gauge on how much time he's actually going to miss? Yeah, that's a great question and, and obviously a, a very well-stated point. I think that was really the, the risk that the Chiefs were, were running into tonight. If this was a game that was going to be played on Sunday, I really do believe Travis Kelsey would have tried to really give it a go. But because you get the nine-day break between tonight's game and obviously week two when the Chiefs play the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that obviously is in considering the AFC, a team that they may have to play in the playoffs, you'd much rather have Kelsey for that game right. uh, if the tiebreaker is necessary when you come to the playoff standings than tonight. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be unfortunate for Travis because uh, he's one of those guys that really gets emotional before kickoff. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to be unveiling their Super Bowl 57 championship banner tonight. So he's going to have to be an assistant coach, basically and try to help Mahomes find the weaknesses in this Detroit Lions secondary. Nate Taylor does a great job as a Chiefs reporter for The Athletic, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on the X on social media at by Nate Taylor. Meanwhile, little birdie told me that Chris Jones, not playing for the Chiefs with a contract dispute, but he's going to be in the building tonight when they drop the banner. My gut tells me, Nate, that they're getting closer to ending the stalemate. What does your gut tell you? <laughs> <laughs> 
my gut tells me we are in for at least two or three more twists and turns in this, right? I mean, I never thought we were going to see this, fellas. I never thought that Chris Jones, who was passionate, who was obviously the best defensive player that the Chiefs have, is going to be watching his teammates from a suite, is basically what I was told yesterday. Um, now, he did a charity event uh, yesterday when he talked for the first time about his holdout, the fact that he does want $30 million a year. The fact that he believes he's equal to Aaron Donald. So, of course, we know what Aaron Donald makes is $31.7 million a year. Chris Jones wants something very similar to that. But from an emotional standpoint, I think it's going to be weird for Chris tonight. The fact that everybody knows how valuable he is and the fact that he may be the reason the team doesn't play successfully tonight. If the Chiefs lose to the Detroit Lions, a lot of people, fans, us in the media, perhaps some of his own teammates will kind of look at him sideways and say, aren't you supposed to be the reason we're supposed to be winning these games, not necessarily losing them? So for Chris, I think you'll have to make a decision by next week, right? You can probably miss two games if you really want to make a stand, and he has held firm so far. But he's going to have to make a decision whether he wants to play the final year of his contract or if he wants to make a financial compromise and kind of come to the middle as to what the Chiefs are offering, which is, as I understand it, a two-year deal that's fully guaranteed, but it's around $27.5 million versus the $30 million he wants right now. I think one of the most unique things about their team in 2022 was that they had a lot of young players, and those young players got to get a lot of playoff experience and go on and win a Super Bowl. When you look at the 2023 season, are there any concerns around the organization in regards to a Super Bowl hangover? Not from the main players who have been uh, consistent throughout the last five years, but those young players who, experience, who who got the experience last year and got a, a taste of success. Yeah, I'm so happy you brought that up, Harry, because I'll, I'll mention a couple of the second-year players who had really remarkable rookie seasons. Most notably, Isaiah Pacheco, right? He's the starting running back. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He obviously entered the league as a seventh-round pick. But we didn't really see him at all in the preseason. So we're going to really find out today if, if Isaiah Pacheco was fully healthy from the torn labrum and the fractured hand that he had that he basically played with during the Super Bowl. For George Karloftis, he had a very good second half of his rookie season as like the second and maybe third best pass rusher on the team. But that is because Chris Jones takes up a lot of double teams, which frees him up in one-on-one situations on third down. Mm-hmm. Without Chris Jones tonight, how is George Karloftis going to progress as a pass rusher and can he make an impact to where at least you have one guy who you know is generating pressure on a consistent basis for however long Chris Jones is out, whether it's you know just tonight's game or obviously through week eight. And then, of course, you got some guys in the secondary, whether it's Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams, who have shown that they are capable of being NFL players, but as cornerbacks, you guys know this, receivers have tape on you just as much as you have tape on them. And I wonder how offenses are going to attack these younger cornerbacks just because they still lack the experience that you want at the position, even though they're obviously athletic and capable enough to make plays. Chief reporter for The Athletic, Nate Taylor on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Who's the biggest threat to Kansas City to keep them from going back to the Super Bowl? And I believe they're going to play the Philadelphia Eagles if that happens. But who's the mm. biggest threat in the AFC to do that? I want to say Buffalo, but my but my brain still thinks about this rivalry that's just brewing and brewing with the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Um, I trust Joe Burrow quite a bit, even with the calf injury 
that we're obviously going to have to monitor this upcoming Sunday in, in the in the Bengals opening game. But the fact that the Bengals have a better offensive line, the fact that they poached Orlando Brown Jr., their left tackle from the Chiefs last year, that obviously adds a, a new element to this rivalry. And I think the Chiefs have been at least, you know, the Chiefs have at least have, have had to work for points against the Bengals' defense. Um, we'll see if Von Miller gets healthy for the Bills. I know the Bills are still sort of lingering. I think, hey, maybe Baltimore may have mm. a really surprising year if Lamar Jackson stays healthy in their sort of new offensive system now. But I think the the leading candidate to disrupt the Chiefs yet again is probably the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well. When you look at Joe Burrow and company, they are 3-1 and one versus Patrick Mahomes, and that only loss uh, came last year in the AFC Championship game. Also, when you look at a defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, Lou Anarumo, and what he's been able to do in minimizing and kind of slowing down a little bit the Kansas City Chiefs from an offensive standpoint and giving Joe Burrow and company uh, that those extra possessions or that hope to stop Kansas City so they can go down and come back and win those games. But the last one I have for you, when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who I view as the best player in the National Football League right now, a guy that's a generational talent, does he have anything else to prove to any of us? <laughs> I love that you asked it like that because, you know, <laughs> fellas, I I write about it all the time. You know, it's like it's almost like a quota. I have to remind people that, like, not only is he a superstar quarterback, he is the most talented passer in the NFL. And we might just get a, a new extent as to how talented he is without Travis Kelsey. The only thing that is really left for Patrick to prove is to do – what Tom Brady did, which was go back-to-back. Obviously, everybody knows the New England Patriots are the last team with Brady two decades ago to win back-to-back Super Bowls. That's really what's driving this. I think that's part of the issue for Patrick is you want to make sure that that Travis Kelsey, who's, you know, 33, getting ready to be 34, you want him to be healthy for the duration of the year. And obviously, you need a all-pro pass rusher in Chris Jones to be alongside you. So the Chiefs are begging on the idea that, yeah, these young players are going to keep progressing and keep developing. But your three superstars have to do exactly what they did a year ago. And if that happens, then, yeah, they could find themselves in the Super Bowl and Mahomes could elevate himself even more as being not just the only quarterback in the league who has multiple Super Bowl rings on his hand, but now he can tell everybody, hey, I'm the guy that broke the 20-year streak of actually leading my team to back-to-back championships. And which means more Subway and State Farm commercials will be on the way for Patrick Mahomes to have more money in his bank account by the time that is said and done. Appreciate you, Nate. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Thank you, fellas. Anytime. Great stuff by Nate Taylor. Like we mentioned, the Athletic Chiefs reporter. Hit him on social media on the X at by Nate Taylor. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as play ESPN Radio by telling your smart speaker, part of Fred and Freddie and Harry. So I still wonder, can we trust the Lions? I can trust Padgett Mahomes that he'll find a way, Harry, to elevate his team and elevate his players in the absence of Chris Jones up in the luxury suite watching the game, wanting his contract to be rectified by that organization, and Travis Kelce not being out there tonight. I don't have a – no one should have a trust issue with the Kansas City Chiefs. But this Lions team, they've gotten the flowers in the offseason. They've gotten the love in the offseason. Many people believe this is a chic pick to win the NFC North and get the whole biting kneecap saga out of their minds regarding Dan Campbell the first time he had a press conference as a head coach. I still wonder, no matter what happens tonight, if the Lions are to be trusted with all that attention they got in the offseason. Well, I think one of the main things with them tonight, if 
you know, Travis Kelsey isn't going to be out there in which he's not. And then, you know, Chris Jones is, is not going to be out there on the defensive side for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're the Lions, if you want people to take you seriously, you need to win this football game. I also want to see their young players, their rookies. And they drafted four really, really good ones. Sam Laporta at the tight end position, right. Jameer Gibbs at the running back position, Jack Campbell at the linebacker position, and also Brian Branch, a guy that can play safety, play nickel, do a lot of different things for that defense. I want to see how quickly those guys are, are, are up to the NFL game speed and how much of a difference they can make in this ball game. Also, Aaron Glenn as a defensive coordinator. This wasn't a good defensive team last year. No, it wasn't. And they revamped their secondary. So I want to see against a Kansas City Chiefs team who doesn't have a Travis Kelsey how this secondary is going to look. Is Patrick Mahomes still going to carve these guys up and they're still going to have issues moving forward? And then last but not least, I want to see what that run defense is going to look like. And then third down is important mm-hmm. for, for the Lions. If they're able to get off the field, I would say four times, you have to like their chances because they're one of the most high-powered offenses. The Kansas City Chiefs were number one in 2022. Well, the Detroit Lions were fourth when it came to total offense in 2022 as well. One of the things about the Detroit Lions, and by the way, from we know this now, so you department, Jared Goff has thrown 324 straight passes without interception. That's the fifth highest in NFL history. Not recently, not last year. Fifth highest in NFL history. That's how effective he's become. He's looked like that Jared Goff that we saw. With the Los Angeles Rams, the year they got to the Super Bowl, and then everything just fell apart. Then he and Sean McVay, they had a falling out. McVay brings in Matthew Stafford. They win a Super Bowl, and Jared Goff's like, I could have done the same thing if you believed in me a little bit. If, all you had to do was believe in me a little bit, but they didn't believe, and they moved on. Yep. But now he's starting to believe in himself. And you give him more playmakers. You give him guys that fit what they do with the Detroit yep. Lions. But it's not going to matter if they don't fix that leaky defense, or should I say fix that defense that completely fell apart every time last year. They can make some plays here and there, but you were able to do whatever you wanted against the Lions defense. You get the ultimate litmus test tonight. Even though Travis Kelsey is not going to be there, you still got that guy wearing number 15 in red who does not want to have something that has never happened to him before, losing a home opener on banner night where you have a championship and you're raising that banner and the crowd's going to be out of their minds. It's going to be barbecue and banners all over the place in Kansas City. I can't wait to see how the Detroit Lions for the first time in a long time handle being the hunted and not the hunter? How do they handle having all this attention and people believing in them that they can do some things when and if they get into the playoffs out of the NFC and maybe even win in the NFC North on the way to the playoffs in the NFC? And you look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, right, who had a phenomenal year in 2022. I'm pretty sure he's excited for game one, going against Kansas City the night that they're getting anointed for their accomplishments last year and winning the Super Bowl. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs have two new uh, tackles, left tackle and right tackle. Mm -hmm. Is Aiden Hutchinson going to be able to take advantage of those guys? James Houston, a guy that went to an HBCU who had a a decent year last year as well. Kirby Joseph, who came on late Mm -hmm. in the secondary at the safety position for the Detroit Lions. How are these guys going to be able to fare up tonight? Is the moment too big, right? Because the NFL could have easily put the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. in this game, uh, a rematch of the Super Bowl. But the NFL felt like the Detroit Lions uh, are a team that's up and coming and can do some great things. Is the moment too big for this young team? I'm still surprised, to be completely honest with you. I'm glad you said that. I am still surprised they had the Detroit Lions opening up against Kansas City Chiefs. You're right. Buffalo Bills. They weren't going to have the Jets do it. They're going to move that to Monday night. Although Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, opening day. 
who's turning off the TV for that as far as that goes? And they don't want to have the Bengals playing the Kansas City Chiefs this early in the season. But to me, a better team, and nothing against Detroit, to me, a better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Got Trevor Lawrence, a team that last year played Kansas City pretty oh, tough in that twice. playoff game. Exactly, twice. It wasn't runaway both of those times. You got two quarterbacks like that and Trevor Lawrence on one side and Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the Kansas City Chiefs. Nothing against the Lions. I like the fact that the NFL believes in them, yep. that they could be the next in the NFL. But you give me Trevor Lawrence and Jackson on one side versus Kansas City on the other side or Pittsburgh versus Kansas City, I think plenty of people would have signed up for that more than the Lions in Kansas City. And I'll tell you, Freddie, what was unique about those matchups last year when you had the Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs is that Jacksonville had their opportunities. Absolutely. And they didn't capitalize and make the best of them. And when you're going against a Chiefs team that's led by uh, Patrick Mahomes, if you don't capitalize on those opportunities, if you make mistakes, he's going to make you pay. They're going to make you pay. Uh, But I did like the games and some of the things that I've seen from Jacksonville in those matchups versus Kansas City. So that's a good call. I wouldn't mind seeing that in game one. But we got the Detroit Lions. We'll take it. Right? And the stage is set. Yeah. How are they going to come out tonight, game one, the game that sets the tone for the football season for the Lions in 2023. Kansas City's a four-point favorite over under is 52. I got Kansas City winning it. I think oh, they find too. a way to get it done. Me too. I think it's going to be a 31-24 game, maybe 31-23 game, and that's nothing against Detroit. But on that kind of stage, it's the first time the Lions have been on that kind of stage with this team. First time the Lions have been on this kind of stage probably since Barry Sanders was running the football for the Detroit Lions. I just wanted that stage going to be overwhelming to them, having a little bit more to play for than the last year, the end of the regular season when they were knocked out of playoffs but still played well and beat the Green Bay Packers and knocked them out. I still see Kansas City winning this game by more than four points. I got a 31-23. Freddie, I'm going to tell you right now, if Patrick Mahomes goes out there and throws for 350-plus yards oh boy. and three or four touchdowns, it's going to be a very, very good show tomorrow because I'm going to have to anoint him. Oh, yeah. He's already high on my list. Okay. I got to yeah. anoint him. Oh, you put him on the Mount Rushmore? The the, the, the Harry Ooh. Rushmore? That's I don't what we're know. Doing? I don't know yet. Yeah, okay. I don't know yet. But right now, Shannon Penn is keeping notes. I know producer. he is. I know he, he is. He's keeping these notes right now when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I see the pen in your hand. I see your fingers on the keyboard. I know you're keeping those kind of receipts. Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together. Thanks for being a part of Freddie and Harry. Now, it to be a part of you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We gave you our predictions for tonight. Who's going to win game one of the NFL season? What our predictions when it comes to coach of the year? Most Valuable Player, and our Super Bowl picks. Superlatives coming your way next on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Freddie and Harry coming at you on the Flow Home presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We got game one tonight in the National Football League season. I know Harry Douglas will not be looking at his Louisville Cardinals. Trying to go 2-0. They will go 2-0 tonight versus Murray State. That's going to be a hang of half a hundred on somebody. Woo-hoo! Harry does have memories of when he played against Murray State. 73 points we put up on him. You put up a 73 burger on them. 73. I remember I looked it up because I looked it up. I okay. had 151 for two tubs. Excuse me. Gets that JV school. BMOC, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just taking advantage of the little brothers and everything as far as that goes. So he won't be paying attention to that. He'll keep an eye on it. But we got Lions versus Chiefs that kicks off the NFL season. No Chris Jones tonight, so the contract dispute for Kansas City. And no Travis Kelsey, the outstanding tight end tonight. Out for this game with a hyperextension. He tried to plead his case to the coach and trainer. They said no bueno. He's not going to play tonight. He'll probably play maybe in week two, week three. But he's not going to play tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Detroit Lions. So even though we not had the NFL season start yet, that doesn't mean we're above the not giving out our superlatives. We get a little flow underneath us. And Shannon, do you want to do the honors? I'll produce Shannon Pinto. I don't know. Will Harry let me do the honors today? Wow. I'll leave that between you two. I'll just be over here. May the Lord be with you. I'll just be over here. All right, cool. Let's do a little Freddie and Harry NFL (laughs) superlative. Look, a couple hours away from kickoff here. Let's get it started. Started. We're going to do MVP first, right Right at the top. MVP. Right. Freddie, who do you have for your MVP? I'm going to take Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think as terrific as he was last year, he's going to be even better this year. I think he throws more touchdown passes, doesn't have to run the ball as much. He's still got those weapons on the outside. I also believe that the NFL and the people that vote on these things, they have Patrick Mahomes fatigue. They want to see somebody else there. If Jalen Hurts is anywhere near, and he might have won it last year had he not missed a couple of games due to injury. He won't miss any games this year. The Eagles still the best in the NFC. I got Jalen Hurts, Harry Douglas for my MVP. For me, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson and stay with that Louisville connection. We're talking about a guy who finally has the weapon, something he has not had at his disposal since coming into the National Football League. 
You look at Zay, uh, Zay Flowers and what he's going to be able to bring to the table. You look at Odell Beckham Jr. You still have Mark Andrews. But we can't forget that this team still is going to be run-centric. They still are going to throw the uh, run the football. But now it's going to look a little different for Lamar Jackson. That's going to sway voters a lot more because it's going to be something they haven't seen uh, in a dynamic way in which they're going to be able to see in 2023 for Lamar. So I think I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with the Louisville connection there. All right, let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year. Harry, who do you have for your Offensive Player of the yeah, Year? Yeah, i switch mine again, Shannon. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson for the New York Jeez, Giants. Jeez, am I writing these with a pencil? I'm going to go go with Garrett Wilson. What he was able to do last year, 1,100 yards and four touchdowns with incompetent quarterback play. I know what a number one wide receiver means to Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be able to go to Garrett Wilson uh, early and often throughout this season. So I'm going with Garrett Wilson. Inspired choice. I like that. I'm going to stay with another wide receiver, and I think it's going to be the man they call the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins. You can make any kind of case. If you think Justin Jefferson is better, is the best wide receiver in the National Football League, you think it's Tyreek Hill, I'm not going to argue with you. You can make a, a compelling case for both. But Justin Jefferson won it last year, Offensive Player of the Year. I think Tyreek Hill is going to win it this year. Any route you want to run, and then he does that whole little face-up where he catches the ball and faces up like he's about to take a guy out the dribble and get to the rim. Not a lot of people other than him can do that. As a matter of fact, he's the only guy that can do that, that can face up on you and then accelerate at full speed and get past you with the football in his hands. I got Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins as my Offensive Player of the Year. All right, Freddie, so on the flip side, who do you have as your Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to go Roquan Smith, the linebacker of the Baltimore Ravens, because the minute he stepped into that lineup, that defense was terrific anyway, but he became their best defender, which is saying something for a team that made the best pair of safeties in the National Football League when you got that Baltimore Ravens team. But Roquan Smith... Man with the Chicago Bears, even when they gave up on him, he never gave up on them. He balled out each and every time. This defense is suited for him. He can make plays in the running game. You can bring him on blitzes. He can stop everything else. I'll take Roquan Smith, middle linebacker of the Baltimore Ravens, with my defensive player of the year. For me, I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. Uh, You talk about a guy that changes the makeup of your football team because he's over there defensively being a nightmare to offensive tackles. Also, tight ends, in which I hope the San Francisco 49ers don't do what they did in the NFC Championship game when they left a tight end one-on-one with one of the best pass rushers in Hassan Riddick. T.J. Watt is out to make a statement this season. And when he's not with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it shows. But when he's there, we see consistent play. That's been a dominant force in sacking the quarterback and forcing fumbles. He is the reason why Baker Mayfield had the shoulder injury. Uh, so watch out for T.J. Watt in 2023. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. And let's not forget, this is also a guy who had 22 and a half sacks mm-hmm. one season in the National Football League. Okay. All right, moving on to the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Harry, who do you have for your Offensive Rookie of the Year? I'm going to Atlanta with B. John Robinson. This is a guy who is very dynamic, could do a lot of different things on the football field. You can line him up at running back. You can put him in the slot. You can give him screens. Uh, when you talk about his presence and pressing the hole and making you know cuts and jump cutting and seeing things backside and when to turn things back that way, I just think Bijan is going to have a phenomenal year. Arthur Smith is a guy I know is going to run the football, and that's going to be the baseline of that offense. He's going to get his opportunities. He's going to get his chances, but he's also going to get his chances in the pass game, and I think Desmond Ritter is going to look for him often this season. 
Okay. I'm going to go Anthony Richardson, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, because he may have to do more than any of the other any of the other two starting quarter, rookie quarterbacks, excuse me, when you got Bryce Young playing for the Carolina Panthers, and then you have C.J. Stroud, the Houston Texans. But Anthony Richardson, a lot of people wonder how raw is he going to be. He keeps accelerating that progress. He keeps not deepening that learning curve. Everything doesn't seem to be as steep based on the reports I've read out of Indianapolis regarding him. He fits what you want. He has the size. He's the perfect kind of guy to run that kind of offense that Shane Steichen had when he's offensive coordinator last year in Philadelphia. He's maybe a bigger version of Jalen Hurts was saying something, at least early on. I'll take Anthony Richardson without Jonathan Taylor, my offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. All right, and last and certainly not least, Freddie, I'm going to start with you. I need your Super Bowl picks. Remix from last year. We're going to get Eagles versus the Chiefs all over again. I know it's hard especially when you've lost the Super Bowl, to get back there. But if anybody has the mental makeup to do that, it's the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. In terms of talent, I think the 49ers are a more talented team. I think the Cowboys are right there, the Philadelphia Eagles, in terms of talent. But when you're the champ, you don't want anybody to believe for one second they can take your belt. And in the NFC, that's not going to happen to the Eagles. And in the AFC, that's not going to happen to the Chiefs. I got a remix. It's going to be a repeat. It's going to be... Chiefs versus the Eagles part two and Super Bowl this year. So for me, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC conference. And then on the other side, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I think oh, this is the year that wow. they're going to make the Super Bowl. But not only make it, this is also going to be a year that they win it. So that's who I have as my Super Bowl champion. You got the Bengals breaking through? Yeah. Okay. Because when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, okay. there's one team that's 3-1 and one and one quarterback that's 3-1 and one versus Patrick Mahomes. I've seen it already happen before. Okay. So that's why I'm going with okay. uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they make it back-to-back, and they add another step to that like legacy. Drake. Just like Drake, they add another step to that when it comes to the Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Waiting to hear one of our last words will involve, once again, the NCAA being the NCAA. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. And this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. In less than two hours, give or take a lie or two, your nightmare is going to be over. The NFL is back. Week one, getting started tonight. The Detroit Lions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. My man, Harry Douglas, thanks for joining he and me, part of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Before we get to our last word, our man Shannon Penn, by the way, the fine's back up to $70, so he's going to pay that fine as far as that goes. Hey, Give you, me my money. Exactly. We, the money, you know, must be That's the money. That's a lot of it's, money. It is, and we're going <laughs> to get that money when it's all said and done. You have a question regarding uh-huh. tonight in the National Football League compared to college football that got started with week zero and then week one. What is the question you have about college football and the NFL in the time of the year? Yeah, I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on this. What feels more like fall, the start of college football or week one in the NFL, Freddie? It's still the NFL. As much as I love college football, it's still summertime when college football gets started. It's late August. It's early September, Labor Day weekend. It's the last unofficial weekend of summer. But when the NFL starts hitting, it's like, yeah, the leaves about to turn brown. Everybody started putting on their coats, winter coats and everything like that. To me, it's always going to be the NFL that always signals the beginning of fall. It used to be baseball and the World Series, but that hasn't happened since the 20th century. 
<laughs> I'm glad that you said it used to be baseball. Shout out to my Braves. Just an opportunity for me to mention. I'm sorry, Freddie. I know the Mets You're not ain't sorry. Too good. You're sorry, not sorry. <laughs> That's going to be a segment at a certain point. Sorry, not sorry. A lot of that goes on here at this show. But I, but I agree with you. I, I think it's the NFL season. And uh, when you look at the game of football, period, it is king when it comes to all the other sports. But the National Football League just does something to a lot of people as well. And the reason why I pick week one of the football season is because now you have college football and NFL football combined together. Right. One of the things about that, college football, believe me, I know they're playing college football fans out there going, wait a minute, we're not disrespecting college football. Nothing but love for the tailgates of college football, the tradition of college football. Oh, I love those. I go around eating people's food. I am really surprised because I know we're both workout guys. We're all workout guys here between Shannon, between Devin, between Mark behind the scenes. Most of us. And me and you. Most of us. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that the most of us? Who's the one that's the odd man looking out? Are you speaking for yourself, Shannon? Are you speaking Are you diming out somebody else? That's what. Look, we're not shaming dad bods. No, we're not. We welcome all the dad bods on our show, Paul. Yeah, we're not shaming dad bods. You just shame the dad when it comes to that but <laughs> but just something about when you hear NFL you just think okay it's middle of September getting close to that falls right around the corner uh, th- that just signals fall to me more than anything else especially when we get our workout on and we get ready and we're not going to play but I'm really surprised those tailgates that you are not weighing 800 pounds because I've, I've been to a couple of them it's kind of hard to turn away Alabama this weekend I cannot oh wait God. Alabama Texas I'm going around and I'm Figuring out what, but I can't eat red meat because I'm on a fast. So yeah, it has you. to be chicken or shrimp. Yeah, good for you and bad for you at the same time this weekend. I know. Being part of College Game Day on social media, 8 30 to 9 30 with Alabama and Texas. Each and every night about this time, we give a little something. Something could be a rant or it could be a rave, but it's all something good that we like to call. These might be my very last words. The last word is seagulls. Freddie and Harry, the last word. All right, Brother Harry Douglas, on this Thursday evening, what is your last word? It pertains to the Thursday night football game tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions, and two players for the Chiefs I want everyone to watch out for. Marquez Valdez-Scantley, he's a guy who had 42 receptions, over 680 yards and two touchdowns last year, averaged 16.4 yards per catch. Patrick Mahomes is going to look for him. Also, Jarek McKinnon. 56 receptions last year, five over 500 yards, nine touchdowns, nine. So look for him to be involved in the pass game as well okay. as the Kansas City Chiefs All right. beat the Detroit Lions open night. Okay, I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning as well, even though Travis Kelsey knocked out of this game, out of this game because of a hyperextended knee injury that he suffered in practice on Tuesday. My last word also involves football. It involves North Carolina football. And the NCAA making sure that North Carolina football is not going to be as good as it's supposed to be. You may not know the story of Tez Walker, wide receiver. Now, he has been able to transfer from a couple of schools. He was at North Carolina Central. Then he was at Kent State. The reason he transferred was to be closer to home. He did that going to Kent State. He never played his first school at North Carolina Central. The season was canceled as a result of COVID-19. So he transferred to Kent State. And his mom is not in the best of health, so he wanted to travel, transfer closer home to play with North Carolina. Well, the NCAA not only denied him to play last week for South Carolina, they have told North Carolina Tez Walker will be ineligible to play this season. When you go to Mac Brown's Twitter handle on Carolina football, he went scorched earth. It's another reason why there's no need for the NCAA. Just put with the paper. Just look at the paper like this NCAA and just go, move on. 
You do not need them anymore. They have no business being in charge of the best interest of student athletes. Let somebody who knows the game, who understands student athletes and knows situations. Rules are there not to be broken. Tess Walker did not break any rule. And by the way, the two previous schools, North Carolina Central and Kent State, they filed waivers to support him playing this year. But for the NCAA, you know what? It wasn't good enough. The day's coming soon. We won't need the NCAA. And everybody is going to be better for it. I have a problem with this, Freddie, because when you look at BYU starting starting quarterback, Caden uh, Slovis, he's been to multiple schools. Mm-hmm. And they seem to grant people or allow people to transfer all over the place. JT but Daniels. Here you have a guy, and there's a valid reason why he's transferring to be close to home, close to his mother, and you deny him. Yeah. I was looking forward to him, you know, being outstanding for North Carolina, uh, along with Nate McCullum, uh, who transferred from Georgia Tech, yeah. and also Drake May, the quarterback there at, at yeah. UNC. It just doesn't make any sense. You got JT Daniels and Keaton Slovis, they've been at least 3,000 schools together. And yet they've gone to other places because a guy beat them out and they decided to go somewhere else. Crazy. Tez Walker transferred close to being next to his mom because he's in ailing health, but not good enough for the NCAA. At a certain point, we'll be able to say good riddance and we'll all be better for it. Amber and Ian, come your way next to make sure you get ready for Kansas City versus Detroit night one of the NFL season. For Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. This has been Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. And as always, keep cool. Top five. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.